G'day everyone, uh, it's Mark Langley here and I've just uh, gone live to talk about uh, leadership and, and how to earn leadership. So I'll just give, you, give people a, a chance to log on and uh, if you have logged on just let me know you're up there and um, you know get something, something to drink or, or whatever. So I'm going to be talking about uh, quite a major subject in, in horsemanship. Um, quite recently we actually posted uh, a question a week ago, um, or we posted um, what people, you know, wanted to know and the issues people were having, and we had quite a, quite a lot of um, really good uh, answers, uh, questions come through, and um, we will be addressing those questions uh, in the next uh, five weeks. So each week we're going to sort of work work our way through various questions. And um, now I started off with a question that was from Chanel. Uh, now the reason I, I answered Chanel's question first is because uh, well without leadership and, and without trust and leadership um, everything else like your float loading, your you know your problems in transitions, your, you know how the horse connects with you and all that sort of thing um, can be quite quite difficult. So leadership, uh, trust and leadership is basically where we start um, and, and building a rapport with our horses. So the question that Chanel posted was how to become a better lead horse as my horse sometimes pushes over me and doesn't listen on ground and in saddle and I want him to respect me like he respects the brilliant horseman. Okay, so because Chanel uh, started the question with um, my horse sometimes pushes over me but she said, a better lead horse. Now, so so in her mind, um, or in your mind, Chanel, you've, you've got it like, I, I want to be the sort of the, the lead horse that the, the, that the horse um, um, respects. And, and, and yes, we do have to, you know, think like that. Um, but remember, it is a horse-human relationship. So sometimes um, just, um, you know, becoming a better horse uh, and, and mimicking horse herd behaviour is sometimes not necessarily the key to a good horse-human relationship. But in saying that, um, we really have to listen to our horses carefully and watch our horses carefully um, to understand them more and, 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 and how if we can sort of incorporate and understand how horses work and work in with, with that, then, then obviously we're going to have a better chance at leadership. So first of all, if we were going to sort of, if we're going to... Um, become try and sort of uh, act and become more of an, an alpha horse you know people talk about the alpha um, and, and I, I actually think um, in some respects they've sort of overdone the alpha thing in in the sense that when you become an alpha you know I think people have sort of taken on the stallion alpha type thing where you sort of push your horses around and sort of sort them out and, and that sort of thing whereas if I was going to talk about alpha and, and becoming an alpha leader or something like that, um, I would like to take the alpha mare and, and lead with confidence. Um, so just an example would be if I was to watch, watch my horses, there's a, there's, a, there's a mare that we have and when she has a foal, she's a very wary mare and when we got her, she's... Uh, you know, she wasn't really humanised properly and probably run from paddock to paddock with a four-wheel drive and that sort of thing and, and, and she's never really had anything with us and, and if she's had a foal in the paddock and we go out, she protects a foal and wherever she goes, the mob goes and the stallion will obviously follow up and push all the, all the mares up. But basically, whatever decision she makes, 
the whole mob tend to follow. Uh, the stallion does a good job of putting all the mares together and, and, and chasing them up. So to me, when I'm having a horse-human relationship, I like to be the one that they put their, their trust in um, and they put, put uh, and I'm confident enough that, that, that my decisions, they can go with that and feel good about that and they don't have to worry about the rest of the world and all the worried things out there because, because I'm around them. So um, otherwise, if you're just sort of moving your horse around and moving their feet around and sort of becoming a bit bossy, all you're really doing is creating obedience. Now, there's a lot of people out there that get leadership um, they're sort of striving for leadership, but I, but I think their main focus is obedience, and they're happy to have an obedient horse. But obedience doesn't address how the horse feels, and I believe it's so important to have a horse that, that, that feels good around us. Okay, They've got to feel safe around us. They've got to trust us. Um, they've got to be confident with, with our ideas. And, and so in saying that, our job is to build confidence in our horses so so and that's a hard thing like like Chanel just back to your question you know you might think your horse is really confident because he pushes you on the ground and, and things like that um, maybe there he may be sort of um, confident in the respect that he can push you but sometimes he might be pushing you because of his lack of confidence um, so so they're things that, that we've got to address and if we're a good leader we'll actually develop confidence in our horses now the the pushiness and all that sort of thing that's just understanding that we have to have to build in our horses so I'm going to give you a few examples um, so you can put it into sort of you know how do I deal with it at, 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 the, at the ground level uh, when I'm working with my horse instead of the, the, the philosophy philosophical side of it um, so say for instance if you're standing in a, in a paddock in a, in a, in a say yard with a horse and you've, you've, you've got your lead rope and you're standing there with your horse. Now, your horse might get really sort of, you know, anxious. Um, and it might be looking somewhere else and it might be sort of pushing on you. But it's pushing on you because it's thinking somewhere else. It's got its, it's got its thoughts over the fence. It's worried about something. And basically, its primary focus is out there. And it just sort of barges over the top of the top of you so so you could come in and go okay you're you're being really pushy and you can sort of push that horse back and go you know get out of my space but the reason the horse was pushy is because it was sort of blinded to to, to you because it was worried about everything else and having you there there didn't actually make the horse feel any better about all the other happenings around it so sometimes pushing that horse out of your space will only address um, the horse going, oh, I can't get in their space because they're going to push me out. So to be a better leader in that situation, um, you know, you'd have to sort of maybe walk around for a bit and get your horse's attention, pick up the feel of the, the, the rope or the rein and, and say, come around to me with your, with your focus. Thank you, I'm here. You know, let, come over here. And if the horse, um, you know, gets distracted elsewhere, you could say, back here to me please and, and and around here and then and then when you've got that horse's attention then you might stand really really solid and, and when I stand solid I try and imagine that I'm the the biggest gum tree in the river that's been there forever and there's 
not one flood that could wash that gum tree out. It's the one that just never gets washed over. So when I stand really solid, I imagine that I'm growing my roots right into the ground. I don't imagine that I'm a, a, a cranky horse that's going to have a crack at that horse if it comes in my space. I just imagine that, that, that I'm really grounded and I'm really solid. And, you know, a horse comes... Oh, g'day, Megan. I just saw your question there. Um, how does this building confidence relate to disciplining a horse? Just, uh, I see people hit a horse if it does something they don't like. I don't feel like hitting. Is it about understanding the reason for the behaviour and getting focus? Yes. Exactly what I'm talking about there, Megan. Um, we, we have to understand the behaviour. Uh, so, obviously, I've not come across many horses and I've trained a lot of horses that have just come at me aggressive and said, I'm going to take your spot and, and get out of my way. Um, but I don't approach them in a way that makes them want to do that either. So, um, most horses become aggressive because, well, slightly aggressive and narky and nippy and, and pinny is because we're interrupting them all the time. And what I mean by interrupting, it'd be like you were having a conversation with somebody and I'm sort of tapping you on the back all the time saying, hey, 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 hey. And, and, and after a while, you know, yeah, yeah, get on, yeah, what do you want, what do you want? And, but if I just sort of took you by the shoulders and spun you around and said, listen, I've got really something really important to talk about, you'd go, okay, change, I'll listen, I'll listen to you, okay? Um, it's like children, you know, while they're, while they're distracted looking out a window, there's no point having a conversation with them. You've got to say, hey, here I am, I need to talk to you. Um, so, so oftentimes you, you, you get their focus and then, and then you ask them something, whereas oftentimes we're sort of niggling them, getting them to, to you know, do a transition on the lead or, or change directions or this or that and the other, and the horse is half off out somewhere else. And it's not out somewhere else just because it doesn't like, well... Um, it's not off somewhere else all the time just, just because it just, oh yeah, I'm just not interested. Sometimes us doing stuff is creating tension with that horse and that's why it's got a desire to be elsewhere because the way we, we go about things is, is not helping that horse. Um, and also, um, you know, then if we're trying to have a conversation with the horse and his thoughts are over the fence, then, then it's going to be narky and we'll be interrupting it all the time and, and, and cranky. And I would tend to sort of, if a horse got a little bit narky, I'd just give it a change of a change of what it was thinking. So I might just sort of face it up, wait with it, stand. And, and all that narky behaviour, I'd just let it go. I'd just sort of, sometimes i let a horse, if, it, if it's not coming at me or doing anything, if it's snarling or doing anything like that, I don't worry about that, but as soon as I see that horse soften and relax, I'll just go, thank you, that's what I'm after. I don't, I don't sort of push a horse for, for, for cranky behaviour. I more so reward it when I see a, a try and a softening in, a, in, a, in, its, in, in what it's doing. Okay, we just had a couple of people there having a little bit of uh, trouble. As far as I know, I think it's still working. Um, anyway, I'll just go through a few things. So, so yeah, so you stand really centred with your horse. So if your horse was to come in and, and walk into your spot, I'd just put my lead rope out, like I'd stretch it out in front of me like this, and I'd imagine that lead rope was a big bouncy castle, and the horse would just go, oh, boy, off it. And then, oh, well, I might have to repeat that five or six times. But um, 
I would teach that horse not to come into my spot, not through by being hard and, and pushy and get out of my spot. I'd just say, this is, this is my bubble, and you'll just bounce out of it gently. And I would allow the horse to find the boundary, um, and that's, that's a big topic in itself, but not bring the boundary upon the horse. So horses learn very well if they have room to search, and they will walk around finding boundaries, move around finding boundaries, and they're okay with that. But it's when the boundaries are changing and pushing against the horse and shifting here and shifting there that, that, that you're going to have worry and you're going to get a horse starting to, to worry and panic, and that's where they get anticipation in what they're doing when you're trying to work them. Uh, is because you're constantly moving the, the boundaries. So in leadership terms, I keep the boundaries solid um, and I ground myself. And, and that strength of, of grounding means a lot to a horse. Um, and when we are grounding yourself, part of the grounding is, is you're standing there very quietly and watching your horse. A question just came through on how do you gain focus. I missed it because it disappeared, but um, how do you gain focus when your horse is really sort of out there? Um, that's why I develop tools in my education. Like So if I pick up the feel of a lead rope, it is, is, it is to get that horse's attention. So if I've got a horse that's really lost, that's bouncing around, if it goes that way, I go this way, and it'll, it'll find the end of the lead. It'll go, whoop, where's he going? and I'll walk along and then if the horse ran past me and, and was lost over there somewhere else, I'd walk the other direction and I'd just keep making changes until that horse starts to go, okay, it starts to rate me, watch me, and then when it's starting to rate me and watch me, then I'll just stand quietly with it and say, yep, I'm here. And as soon as that horse gets distracted and starts to whoop, I'm off over there, then I'd sort of say, well, you're over there, I'm over here. So that's how I'd treat it, like like the alpha mare will just like, I'm, I'm gonna go this way, um, and the herd makes a decision to go. A decision to go. It's a confident decision. I go with my decision. I don't stand back going, hey, come along, come along. Um, would you like to come um, in that situation? I might just walk off and, and let the horse go, okay, he's going, I'll follow, okay? And that, that gives you a, a, um, a sense of confidence. Um, now, obviously on a real worried horse, there are other ways you might sort of walk off. You might walk off. 100 miles an hour you walk off and just sort of hold the rope for a bit let the horse go okay wait and then walk off with them um, but yeah if they're, if they're lost I tend to just be busy until I've got their focus and then I might stand really still with them um, other times you can have a really busy horse and if you just ground yourself like instead of walking around and walking off when they walk the other direction you might just stand really really still and just wait and that horse sometimes has never had anyone just stand really still and watch them and just wait. And they'll just go, oh, 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 and then next minute they'll be here just standing there quietly with you. Uh, because a lot of times we fuss around without making change and, and like a, a thought change, I mean. Like we, we're, we're fussing about our horse. Oh, yeah, he's pulling here. He's doing that. He's, he's over here. And, 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 and sometimes we're making all this fuss, but... Um, all that fuss is just like noise in the like a noisy radio in the horse's ears and um and it's like a background noise that's just you know the horse is still distracted where where sometimes if you should just go dead quiet and just stand there the horse will just go i'm grounded with you and that, that's another thing to think about with the worried horses you, you know it's very hard for me to offer I, I don't sort of offer method it's very hard to offer method because i've worked so many different horses that you know, every horse is so so different, and that's why I like to sort of work people with people at a ground level, 
um, you know, doing things like, you know, teaching them about leadership. Um, so, sort of, I started to address the listen before asking thing too, is, you, you know, a lot of people go in and say, right, I'm the boss, let's get to work. But they should just sit there and watch their horse, you know. An example might be, go into a round yard and go, right, oh, you run away and, and, and then, you know, I want you to hook onto me. Uh, whereas, you should just go into a round yard and stand and see what your horse does. Um, your horse might just walk up to you, and you why would you do anything? You'd just walk away and, and, um, and, and just see what happens. And, 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 and then if you do that, you're only making a decision on what needs to be done, not what you think should be done. And, and that's a thing that if you listen to your horses, then they'll listen to you. If you don't listen to your horses, then generally they'll start to uh, be more distracted that's that's what i find is, is is we've got to listen to them and and then we can that we can then understand what they're trying to tell us um you know uh, a lot of times it doesn't take much to to, to fix what must may seem like a really big issue um so back to the alpha mare stallion thing i was just talking about before when we're around our horses like you see people trying to become a leader they're sort of moving their horses away uh, and they're, they're pushing their horses um, to move their feet, you know, move your horse's feet. Because I've heard that, you know, if, you've, if you watch horses out in the paddock, you know, the, the boss horse will, will push the other one and, and, and create a certain dominance. And, and then, you know, it's a horse-human relationship as I'm, as I'm trying to teach people. And, and, and our job is, one, to make that horse feel really good around us and feel safe around us. That's one of our first, first jobs because, remember, horse-human relationship you can't just mimic a horse and expect that we're going to have this sort of herd sort of thing happening. And the other thing is, is when you go out and shift a horse away, look at the horse that walks away and, and look at the big smile it's got on its face. Just address that for a second, you know. Every time I see people pushing a horse away all the time to create some sort of dominance or leadership, what I sort of see is... Uh, method, yeah, Kim, I'll try and get onto that. A uh, bit of method about riding, I will get onto that. Um, when I see a horse getting pushed away, I see them go away, pinny-eared, sort of like this. And, and, if, and if a lot of our groundwork entails us moving our horses away, then, then you're going to have a horse that starts to get a bit pinny-eared and sort of cranky about it. Um, so I like to guide horses. I like to lead horses. So, so, you know, first of all, to build a relationship with the horse, I lead them. I teach them how to follow the feel of a rope, whether it be out here, whether it be over there. And I, I, I let them follow feel and... And just, just, and then, and then I try and create energy through not making them run away from energy. I try and create energy, but the direction's already set because I've done a good job of putting the foundation in place. Okay, so, uh, and that's another topic in itself about about how to create energy without making a horse feel like it's got to run away from energy all the time or move away from you know pressure all the time. Um, but, but yeah, I really try and sort of try and create an environment when I'm, I'm not trying to push my horses and not moving them away from me all the time. Because one thing that I learned in the past was like, and, and that's doing a lot of tough horses and a lot of wild horses and older horses and things like that. One thing I really learned is you, uh, you don't want to make a horse worry and feel like it's going to seek refuge from worry away from you, okay? Um, so driving a horse that's already worried is only making it realise that it moves away from worry. 
okay, uh, and we're the one creating the worry. So I tried to sort of work at that. Okay, I want my young horse, when a kangaroo jumps out, it doesn't fly out from underneath me. I've built enough confidence in that horse around me and to hang around me and feel good, and I've distracted that horse away from worry so many times through through guidance and just simple distraction, picking up a rein, picking up something else. We distract our horses and um, and they come back with us um, that they shouldn't want to step away from us and energy is just energy. Um, so yeah, I'd rather be the alpha mare. I make confident decisions. Right, we're going to cross this river. If I'm brave enough to cross it, you'll follow me. You know, like Braveheart, like, right out. Let's everyone seen Braveheart. It's like you can be the leader that leads them into battle, or you can be the, the like on the other side of Braveheart was was. And I'm not criticising English, but I'm just saying back then this is the way it was. The you know all the officers sitting on the hill, and okay, let's send everyone in. Okay, um, now they had two versions of leadership. One said, "Follow me, I'm brave. Let's go," and the other one said, "You go. I'll I'll just push you over and make you do it." Okay. To me, leadership is, is, is the one where, where, where you're in as well. You're, you're part of that agreement and uh, you're doing it with your horse. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of subjects that lead out into other things, which is the hardest thing. But, yeah, if I can go back to a few big things, you're a big tree. You, you, you just don't let the horse shift you, okay? Like, you don't have to shift your horse around to be the leader. Just don't let them move you here and move you there. And that's probably a weakness everyone has. It's like the, the horse pushes past here, so we step aside here and, you know, pushes over here, we step there. And But if we're really centred and really strong, uh, in, in our positioning, um, then the horse feeds on that, and they go. They're really confident. I like hanging around them, but you don't make you don't make your horse scared of confidence. Um, oh, there's a question about a horse pulling back. Um, yeah, if a horse locks up to pressure, there are ways you can make it come forward without feeling like you've got to drive it forward or anything like that. Now, I, I tend to sort of, um, if a horse locks up and starts to shut down, close, you know, you know when they shut down and they just lock and they hold and then their eyes sort of go dull and they just sit there like that, that's when they stop searching, okay? So so you can create a stimulant to make them search again, but that's that's sort of a, another topic, in, in, in that, but that is about leading because leadership is about how a horse can follow you, you know, follow you or follow you through a lead and things like that. But I would create a stimulant in front of it so the horse would go, oh crikey, there's something happening in front of me and it'll pull back a little bit more and, and a lot of times if you wait and you just keep that other stimulant going, so it might be just a little bag, you might be sort of flapping or something like that, not too much to, to scare it, but that horse will lean a little bit more but you'll open it up again to thinking and then the horse might make a decision to come forward. That's only one way, um, there are others, but um, it's hard without sort of watching your horse on that one. Um, I will get to the riding in a second, um, but, but riding actually, and I'll go to the riding a little bit now, I'll address it before the question goes out of my mind. Um, how do you, you know, create leadership when you're riding? Well, on the ground, if you've been connecting with your horse in a way that, you know, the art of distraction is an amazing thing, um, if a horse goes, what's that, you go, what's this? Okay, and, 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 and as I said, you know, you can just, like, it's like grabbing a person by the shoulders, not grabbing them, but just taking them by the shoulders and going, don't look at that stuff over there, turn around and look at this. And they turn all the way around like this, and suddenly, all gone. Okay, that, that moment of worry's gone. So if you've done a good job at getting a horse to follow the feel nicely, so when you take up on feel, um, 
the, the, the field makes a real change. What I mean by real change is, is the horse actually changes its focus. So instead of having its sort of strong or primary focus out here, it goes, oh, the, the, the guidance of the rain, oh, over here, right? So if you've taught that really well on the ground, and you've taught that under saddle, that if you take up a rein, the horse doesn't just bend and move its feet, the horse actually moves its whole body so its thoughts go on with the rein, then you're using the reins and your aids to make clear change. Now, clear change is complete change, okay? So, um, so it's not just the feet shifting, it's, it's everything, it's the, it's the horse, it's the whole motivation of the horse. So if you've done a good job at that, then basically you can take that idea and turn it into a new one and that's where distraction comes in so if a kangaroo jumps out over here I go don't worry about that kangaroo let's go here um, and I might distract my horse away from that instead of going hey look let's look at the kangaroo and have a 10 minute discussion about how scary monster you know kangaroos with teeth are um, but if I obviously have to go across a creek that the horse is scared of then there's another way I'd, I'd, I'd build the horse to think forward and want to explore and test it and that sort of thing but in, in, this, in, in the case of a horse getting worried about things it doesn't need to, I would just use my reins to, to, to guide it left, guide it right, you know, take its, take its mind off here. And um, I would just, I just pick up the reins. And my intention of the rein is to pick up the reins like I'm uh, picking up on a young child's hand and I'm saying, here I am. Here I am, I'm here. But it's not just here I am, it's here, here's the new direction, okay? And you're getting that horse to connect every time you pick up a rein. It's not punishment, it's nothing like that, it's, 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 a, it's a connection. Would I disengage to help a situation? <laughs> no, it's disengaging as in, I think you mean disengaging the hindquarter. Um, disengaging basically takes the power out of the motor, doesn't take the thought out of the brain necessarily. Now. Unfortunately, when people disengage horses, they put leg on, uh, which means when a horse is worried, okay, they get really panicked, and then you go pick up an indirect rein to get them to tip in a bit and then disengage the hip, you're going to go bump, 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 and then what's going to happen? The horse is going to go bump, energy, 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 and you might take the power out, but you might still put more worry into the horse. So unless you can do a disengagement through just the reins, so your horse is really accurate with the reins, and you've, you can set that up on the ground, get a horse really accurate with the reins, that you can sort of, you know, the open rein means something, the direct rein means something, indirect rein means something, then you can pick up on an indirect rein, and the horse will just gently rock its hips over nice and softly. But if you've got to kick them over, yes, that's, that's what I'm, yeah. Um, so it, it, no, if you kick the hips over, it won't necessarily. It might take the power out of that one movement, but it won't take um, the, the, the thought out unless it's changed the horse completely. So that's where I say, if the horse moves its hind over willingly and turns willingly, then it, it will be a disengagement that's worth something. If it's just bumping them over, to, to, then maybe it's not going to take them out. And, and I find that that. Put, put, putting your heels on a horse's ribs uh, when they're worried, um, whether you're direct, it doesn't matter where the energy is going, it still creates more energy and generally you've got to block it with more feel um, and then the reins are more to block than guide. So I'm very careful when I do that. I just try and steer them, steer the shoulders. And also, this is only an opinion, okay? It's opinion, but there's opinion based on riding a lot of horses is the more you move, a, you want the hips and shoulders equal in, in how you can move them, but the more hind quality... You've got to get hindquarter yields soft because one thing I find is horses, 
get worried about hindquarter yields more than they do just opening up their shoulders, okay? So a horse loves to, when a horse wants to lead, they open up their shoulders and they just open up their shoulders and lead here. When they want to worry and turn around or, or really turn around in a hurry, their hips move around really quickly and their shoulders sort of go to ground, okay? So I find that if you encourage a horse to follow feel through opening up the shoulders, it's a really good exercise that gets them more connected and I've applied that on a lot of horses that had been taught to yield the hips when the horse is worried. And I've said, don't yield the hips, just get them to follow an open rein, and, 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 and it's really worked. But at, we're getting off track a little bit there, but that's about leadership. Again, you're leading your horse out of worry. That's the most important thing, and, and just you're just taking a thought, redirecting it into a new one. Hopefully that you, you might only have one second chance where the horse has sort of had that redirection, and then it goes back to what it was, but, but each time it might get bigger and bigger and bigger until, until suddenly the horse is back with you. Um, but the main thing is, is when you get that soft spot and the horse reconnects with you, you give him space because it's the space that makes him go, oh, right, I've got space. Should I drift off again or should I stay with them? And what they'll realise is being with you is making them feel good. That's, that's you know, because when they were worried, they were anxious and their head was up and they were looking but when you distracted them they had a moment of oh I feel okay and those moments will get more and more till the horse goes I'd rather be with you when worry turns to spinning under saddle how do you redirect it okay I can lead her anywhere but only ride in certain areas okay you need a lot of foundation in that one. Um, your horse sounds like, in certain situations, it gets very worried. So you've got to rate the quality of your leadership in a small environment first. And, and, and it, you might say, okay, everything's going really good. I'm really happy and the horse is great. But I might say, yeah, I think that horse is still worried in the reins. I think, you know, your horse, when it backs up, it chews the bit in a certain way and its eyes get tight and, it, and, it, and its jaw gets tight and it's, and it's worried about it. And when you pick up a left rein, the horse blocks a little bit. When you pick up a right rein, it's okay. But so, so I would be addressing all those things and knowing, you know, how my horse feels about all our aids because all you have is your hands, your seat, your legs when you're on, on the horse's back. And, and to me, if the horse doesn't feel comfort in those aids and, and, and guidance, then all those aids are is a trap. And, 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 and I see a lot of horses, if I was to put a wild cat in a trap, to me that's what their eyes look like when someone picks up on the reins in an emergency. They just look like a wild, a wild cat in a trap. Um, and g'day Meryl, I've just, uh, I saw you, saw you there, I just didn't get the last bit of your question. Anyway, <laughs> we'll catch up though Meryl. Um, Okay, any other pressure? There's an interesting question, it makes him tremble or back away. Okay, so like any horse has been roped and pulled around a bit, then uh, you want to create leadership, is it's hard because they've been sort of, what's happened to a horse is they've been trapped and people have come up and bang, handled them. And you can do that all you like, go and handle them and try and, and, and hang around them and handle them, but it may not fix anything. A horse like that, I'd... I'd just encourage them to follow you. I'd use the field, follow me, follow me, follow me. And I'd walk away from that horse for miles, miles, just round here, round there, walk around and just get that horse tracking and following and tracking and following and tracking <laughs> till it's like the horse is nearly like, wow. And then what I'd do is I'd allow that horse to come 
up to me. So I'd actually walk at a certain speed and with my rope I'd just encourage that horse to get closer and closer and closer and then, it, then it's near me. I'd go, oh, hello, nice to meet you. And then I'd walk off again and, and let that horse and then after a while I'd just teach it to sort of walk with me and maybe walk out here beside me and around me and uh, and just let it float around me. So that horse has moved its feet around me in all directions and I haven't really imposed myself on it. Um, but, but that's sort of getting getting sort of, yeah, but it's, that's that's building trust with them. I allow a horse to get confidence by following, follow, follow, follow your mum, follow your mum like a foal until that horse, um, you know, sees you as, as if you're its mum. Um, when we drive horses and we, we drive them off and to, to, to build leadership, we're, we're going to, we're going to worry them, especially the worried ones. Um, so, yeah, the big tree thing's very important in those, but, but in the riding situations, if your tools don't work and you're trying to re-guide a horse, reconnect it, and, and the horse is braced in the bit and fighting it and all that sort of thing, or in, 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 in the side pull or basal or whatever you're riding in, then you've really got to get an understanding of, of guidance. But um, your consistency... I mean, I should have said consistency at the start, but um, your consistency is is one of the great things, and that that, that you you have to help your horse. Um, so consistency is the um, the thing that you know. One day you walk in and you're like, oh, I've got so much on. I've got to cook dinner. I've got to go and do this, and you know, oh, and then the next day you're like, right, I'm really focused today. Nothing on my, you know, nothing on my agenda. So I'm really going to come in and I'm going to hone in. Well, that's that's inconsistency in itself, and and that's how you're going to degrade your leadership. So <laughs> being centred, okay, about the big tree thing. Being centred means clearing this. Uh, you know, don't you know? And the hardest thing I have the same problem is getting out there and clearing, clearing the mind, um, clearing the mind from all the other things and, and to, to be present. So we expect our horses to be present and go, right, I need my horse present so it can learn things and, and, and understand me. But half the time, we're the ones that aren't present. And and, and like I said earlier, that, that question that, uh, about, you know, pushing or just standing still or doing something with your horse or just standing still, what I meant was standing still and being very present knowing who you are, knowing that you're there entirely for that horse and, and that's the hardest thing that, that we'll all have is, is just being completely present, putting out everything else in our mind so we can feel the energy of our horse, feel ourselves, ground ourselves and um, um, you know be there for them. Uh, one subject I'd, I'd like to also talk about before we sort of... Um, yeah, there's a lot more in this, and I will I will go over the subjects as you've saw, saw me in this session as we answer some other questions about leadership. Um, there are other I will address leadership again through other questions and that sort of thing. But um, making our horses feel good now that's a, that's I'm going to just finish it on that because one of, one of the, the most important things that how a horse feels is going to directly determine how it works around us, okay? So if you want balance, and if you want good transitions, and if you want good anything, a horse has to feel good. If they don't feel good, they're gonna carry tension, and, and it's gonna be the type of tension you don't want, and tension causes a horse to seek refuge elsewhere. I've, I've never seen a horse that was not, that was, sorry, I've never seen a worried horse balanced or completely balanced okay when it's been doing 
performance manoeuvres or, you know, just canter around a paddock. Okay, so the more tension you create, the more desire the horse has to seek refuge back at the yards, over where the other horses are, away from worry, all those things. So the horse is constantly, you know, a bit of a ball of worry. So how they feel on the ground on, uh, under saddle is, is, is basically your job to make them feel better. So how you create energy, how you create direction is going to directly um, be, is going to have a direct effect on the way your horse feels. How your horse feels in general also is another thing. So something I was with all my sort of clients horse, I'd be so busy working all the time that my agenda actually got, you know, I started to, to forget to give them something for nothing also. So that's something for nothing is the time you spend with them when they just want to hang with you and you give them a scratch where they like it and you just hang with them because they want it. You don't hang with them when they, when they don't want you there, especially if it's their time to eat or something like that. But if they like you there, um, oh, I'll answer that here, Rhonda. Um, just hold on. So, um, the more tension we get, right, eh? Okay. Um, that's a good question, and I'll, I'll just quickly answer that when I wrap up. Um, so, yeah, just quickly about... Um, oh, I've lost track now. Yeah, we... we, we um, When when we when we're with our horses, we we we've got to give them that time for them, okay? The time that we don't want anything, and a lot of times you do something, I'll give you something. It's like that. Well, it shouldn't be like that all the time. It should be that I'm going to give you a scratch. I'm going to stay here, and 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 I'm here for you. If you like that scratch, I'm going to do it until you really like it more, um, and and things like that, and and and, and you feel you you know. And the horse relaxes and releases endorphins, and and and, and that's a good thing to, to do that with them, and, and make sure you've done that a reasonable amount because that's that's uh, that good feeling they have around you is gonna put more trust. But if you're wishy-washy, if you lack clarity and you don't offer clarity to your horses, um, then leadership's gonna be out the window. So you can scratch them as much as you want and make them feel good, but as soon as they're under pressure, they go, "Sorry, you're not the leader to follow under pressure." So that's where. You know, it's all got to go hand in hand. You can't go have a horse that you can sort of, you know, love you when you, when when I get brushed and fed, but the rest of the time, oh, jeez, I just want to be over with my mates because, uh, you know, I, I just don't know where I stand, okay? So so you've really got to offer your horse clarity. Um, now, just finish up with your question, Rhonda, um, before we wrap it up. Um, now, next week we'll be back, so... If I haven't addressed everything that people, you know, there's probably a few things I haven't addressed in leadership, but... There is a lot more, more, you know, a lot more little things to it, um, but but obviously we'll we'll brush over things because uh, we're going to do this five weeks in a row. So Rhonda's question is a, is a great one, and I'd like to answer it because it's um. Uh, so when I was talking about the horse that worries and seeks refuge elsewhere, okay, how does this fit with a very compliant, obedient, shut down horse? Okay, obedient, shut down horses. Okay, they leak. They may not seem like they leak, but they leak. Um, they they sort of internalise in their worry, and they sort of you know they just do what they're told. And but they're they they're generally not doing it with quality. They they they're doing it, um, but but you can tell that the quality's not there. The softness, the flow, the the flexibility. Um, so the faster they work, 
generally the harder they feel. Um, so though they might be on the turn, if you just let go of the reins completely, if they were cantering a circle or something, this is just only a, you know, just a rough thing, they'd probably go, I'm lost, they've let me go, maybe I'm out of here, okay? Um, so with those shut down horses, the hardest thing is to open them up again, okay? Because they've been drilled like this um, for, 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 for quite a long time. And anything that you do, like I say, in an example, a shut down horse, okay? I've watched shut down horses that can lunge both ways and they go this way, they go that way, and I say, your horse is just shut down. And, and um, so I would not lunge that horse for a long time because every time it, it, it forms a circle around a person, it goes back into an old memory habit and then it shuts down again. So I sometimes do things that are completely different to what that horse has been used to. And I also give the horse more room to search. I encourage it to think and start to, and that's why leading's a great one. Get them to go, get them to follow, get them to go, whoa, I'm not pushed, I'm not, you know, um, you know, that sort of stuff. But uh, how, how does it fit? Well, you've got to make them not shut down. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to open them up again. And it takes some time. Shutdown ones can be the hardest, but opening them up, um, if you can open up a shutdown horse and you're really starting to sort of, be good at what you're doing because uh, some of them are a little bit hard but yeah they'll find they're stiff and they're tense when they work and they do things in a sort of a, a very shut down way but they're, they're because they're not doing it uh, freely and happily um, then then yeah the leaks will be there and the, the stiffness will be there so um, more tension will create it'll still create more more um, more tightness in them um, yeah. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining me. Um, the reason I did this was so people, uh, sometimes people go, well, I, I, you know, why, why go and do something with Mark? I don't know who he is. And I thought we'd do this just so people can know who I am. They can see me. They can listen to me. They can work out if I'm worth listening to or not. Uh, thanks for joining me, everyone. Oh, g'day, Jenny. Thanks for, thanks for coming on board. And thanks for your questions. And uh, I'll see you next week. Um, We'll let you know via Facebook what the next subjects will be on, as as people know me well enough that the subjects do drift off a little bit, but that's okay, that's what, what it's all about. Uh, thanks for coming on board. Bye for now.